Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live at a homey home, 11067 South Gresham Drive, right here in South Jordan. Stop on by, see us, grab some jazz gear. Let's talk a little basketball. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Uh, lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He makes the magic happen at USA Today. He is Cody Taylor with us on the big show. Hi, Cody. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Got lots to get to uh, with you. We'll talk a lot of jazz basketball. But first, uh, what did you think of the All-Star game in the new format? Yeah, it was very exciting. Um, obviously, we saw as the game went on, it got more competitive there. And I think that was probably among the most exciting, entertaining All-Star games that I've seen, uh, especially when, when you consider what was at stake, what the players were, were, were kind of fighting for. And then, you know, the new format just certainly made everything a lot more interesting. And I think that moving forward, that's going to be something that the NBA looks at doing and it continues to innovate and push the envelope a little bit as we've seen them do in the past. And I think a lot of people were kind of unsure about the new format, but I think that it lived up to all the expectations that uh, the NBA had. So let me ask you this question from a jazz perspective. Were you impressed by what Rudy Gobert did in that game or did you just classify everything over here in the category of meaningless exhibition? You know, I think if you're a Jazz fan, you're, you're, you're excited to see how, how he played. Um, and, and that's with, with any sport of, you know, of any player or any team that you want to see your guy or, you know, your player do particularly well. And so when you see him put up 21 and 11, um, although they lost, but, they, it, they, he played well, and I think that if, if you know, if you're watching him play and, and and make plays as he did, then I think that just shows that Rudy Gobert is here, um, whether or not the general NBA population wants to believe that because he's a big, you know, he's a he's a big man. Uh, he doesn't shoot. Uh, he lives in the paint. But as Donovan Mitchell rightly defended him, he's here to stay, and he's among the best players in the league. So with that in mind, and hey, it's a sunny, albeit cold day here in Salt Lake. All-star break. Rudy played well. Donovan played well. People are feeling pretty good. What is the potential in your mind of this Jazz team if everything comes together? Yeah, I think that they should be definitely mentioned in that argument for for teams that that have a chance to come out of the Western Conference. Obviously, coming into the season, both teams in L.A., Drew the praise, and, and rightfully so, given the moves that they made. But when you look at some other teams outside of that mix, Utah Jazz are definitely in there. They're top ten in, in defense and offense. And we've seen in the past how defense can win championships. And, of course, the Jazz have been among the best defensive teams in the league for, for quite some time now. So that's not necessarily um, you know surprised by any stretch of the imagination. But when you look forward, though, it, it is, is really when you want to kind of see what this Jazz team is made of. Obviously, Gobert, Donovan Mitchell are going to have to lead the way. But when, when you look at some of the other guys on the roster and, and how they can step up and help and will Mike Conley, can he stay healthy? Um, you know, he started playing there toward uh, before the all-star break. But um, and then, of course, the, the, the pickup of Jordan Clarkson was, was excellent. In my opinion, he's played very well. So when you look at all those things and you just kind of wonder how they come together. But as of right this second, 
before the second half of the uh, season gets underway tomorrow night. You, if you're a Jazz fan, you got to be happy with where where the team stands at this moment. So let me ask you about you used the word leadership of those two star players. I wrote about that, and I'm curious to get your opinion as to how important that is. Obviously, it's a team game. Other guys mm-hmm. got to contribute. The, the 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 supporting cast that you were talking about that the Jazz have, but strictly Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, man, they have to be stars for this team, don't they? And I mean stars with a capital S. Absolutely, and that's that's what you pay these guys to do. Uh, that's what you want them to do. They're they're all stars. Um, for the rest of the guys, they need to lead them in the right direction. And by all accounts, they've, they've handled that well to this point. But the second half of the season, that's going to ramp up even more, especially toward uh, playoff time. And, and when you start talking about uh, seeding and positioning, and of course the, the Jazz have played very well at home this season, and that'll be monumental. That'll be very important for them to try to get, um, you know, at least the first round in the playoffs at, at home. And so, you start looking at those guys, and I mean, when you look at teams that have won in the past and have played at the highest level, it starts at the top, and it works all the way down. When you, you know, when you consider what LeBron's done in the past, or even to a point, uh, the, the Warriors in the past with, with some of their top players, and when everyone's on the right on the right page, things typically go very well. And we've seen the other side of that coin where, you know, your quote unquote star is not necessarily living up to those expectations, and there's tension in the locker room and there's other things going on and so all of that noise has to be canceled out and it starts at the top cody taylor is with us from usa today cody who's your favorite in the west right now i think it's it's probably going to be the lakers uh, for me at this point when you consider that they're one of three teams top five in defense and offense um you know there are some questions there who else can step up outside of lebron and ad but as of this moment, I would have to say the Lakers. I believe there's still a few questions that I have with the Clippers considering Paul George's health. But we've seen Kawhi Leonard just turn it up in the playoffs in the past, especially last season, leading the Raptors to the championship. But, um, you know, as of this moment, the Lakers are. But we've seen in the past how anything can happen about time. And if a team gets hot and starts playing well, you know, upsets can happen. And so while – I still believe that the Lakers are, are right there. There's there's still other teams that, that, you know, the top four or five or so going down to the Jazz and, and Rockets, I believe, are still alive in that mix. How do you feel about the East? Is it the Bucks and then everybody else, or do you think some of those other teams might be able to duplicate what you, you're predicting might happen in the West? Yeah, I think when you look at it, I think the Bucks are, are definitely up there, and, you know, I I think I saw the odds uh, here recently that it's about the top four teams or so, four, four or five teams that, that really have a legit chance. Um, you know, the Raptors are there. Not a lot of people saw them being where they are right now, especially losing Kawhi Leonard. But they performed very well. But I like the six, the Celtics. Um, you know, if, if we were talking about another team outside of the Bucks, they played tremendous this year. Uh, they're another team that's that's doing very well. Defensively and offensively, they've they've established that they can play with among the best teams in the league. And then when you look at Jason Tatum, kind of making that next leap in his career, he's played outstanding this season. Of course, earning a, a place on the All Star team. But um, you know, outside the Bucks, I would have to, definitely have to say the Celtics. And when you have Brad Stevens as your head coach and that coaching staff, uh, getting them, getting his guys to play the way they are, I think they could be uh, a team to watch. 
How do you think it's going to go with this small ball experiment in Houston? Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting because we've seen them play kind of well, uh, especially uh, Russell Westbrook. We've seen what he can do uh, throughout his career. Um, but it's going to be a gamble for sure. And, you know, Daryl Morey, the GM of the Rockets, has has, has taken chances in the past. He's, he's proven that he's not scared to, to mix it up a bit. And so when you get Clint Capella out of there and start going – more small ball and, and doing the things that they do, hoist up uh, as many three-pointers as they do, then, you know, they're really going all in and, and really going to try to challenge some of those bigger teams. Uh, you know, the Lakers are, are a big team. Of course, the Jazz are as well with Gobert and some other guys. But um, it, it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot weighing on this on this decision that they made considering that, you know they've they've been in this position, you know, teetering on an appearance in the NBA Finals, um, and, and to kind of see if this can happen. They're really they're really going with this idea, and it, it's going to be interesting to see play out. We think highly of Quinn Snyder around these parts, but which coach or coaches are impressing you the most uh, as the season is unfolding? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Quinn Snyder obviously is a guy um, that's at the top of the list. Um, the Thunder, Billy Donovan, what they've done uh, this season, considering they traded uh, Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and, and no one expected him to be right in the thick of the playoff picture this season. Um, you know, Brad Stevens, I mentioned earlier, he's always been a guy that, that really gets a lot out of his team. And then I think when you look at it, the, the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra has been a favorite of mine for years now. Uh, of course, he has always been known to have the big three for, for those years. But when you look at what he's done since then, um, it's, you know, not necessarily this season, considering they have Jimmy Butler, a couple all-stars with, with Bam Adebayo, and some promising young rookies there. But I think he, he's got the, the heat playing uh, better than, than a lot of people anticipated. And it starts starts with Butler and Adebayo and some of those other players. And so I think those, those handful of coaches are, are probably – if you had to kind of pinpoint the conversation for, for coach of the year, those guys would probably be up there. Of course, um, you know, with the Lakers and uh, Frank Vogel, he's no one was really sure what, what to expect with Frank Vogel. You know, how would he mesh with LeBron and AD and some of those stars? But he's, he's certainly done his part as well. Cody Taylor of USA Today with us on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Cody, I know who is not going to get coach of the year. That would be John Beeline, as uh, he will be not, not return with the Cavaliers. It it went so wrong so fast. What happened? Yeah, I, I just don't know that, you know, him being his age and, and where he has, he's at in his career, that that was not, you know, the right decision even to begin with. And so when you look at a lot of these teams, they're, they're trying to go younger uh, and trying to get coaches that are more relatable with their players, their younger players. Of course, that just wasn't the case with Beeline. And, of course, when you had his his mishap, um, you know, some time ago where he mistakenly called his players thugs and he really wanted to call them slugs because since they were moving slow, or at least that's what he how he explained it, that, that didn't go well in the locker room. And, of course, their play since that point has not been great. And, you know, there was a report today by The Athletic that said that players in the locker rooms would, would really try to play songs with Thug and the lyric and, and things of that nature. So when you see things like that going on, 
it was time for a change. And, of course, where they go from here is, is just kind of still up in the air. They're a very young team that, that desperately needs some sort of direction. But, um, you know, the, the decision to hire from, from day one maybe was a, a bit questionable. And we're seeing sort of why that, why that manifested the way it did now. Which individual player do you think uh, is playing at the highest level from what you've seen thus far this season, which is a way of asking you, who do you think the MVP should be? I think Giannis has a tremendous opportunity uh, to, to win back-to-back because just, you know, the, the Bucks could potentially win 70 games, an improvement on last season, of course. But um, just to kind of to, to win back-to-back years, MVP in the NBA is a very difficult thing. Of course, Steph Curry did it uh, some time ago, but when you look at just kind of what, how he's playing, he's improving his game, which it sounds crazy to even say that, but, but Giannis is definitely improving his game uh, the more he plays. Um, and, and so I think he, he's probably going to be a, a front runner for the award. I think, you know, you'll probably throw LeBron in there. Uh, James Harden's definitely always a, a player that's going to be in, in the conversation as well as a former win- winner himself. And so, uh, you know, if, it, if you ask me at this point who it would come down to, it was probably Giannis or LeBron. Well, Cody, thank you very much for a few minutes. We greatly appreciate it. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. He is Cody Taylor, USA Today, covering basketball. You know, what he said about the Jazz, that seems to be a fairly common position that folks – around the league who who cover the league are thinking about the Jazz. There might be some folks out there who are absolutely saying, oh, come on, it's it's definitely either the Lakers or the Clippers in the West. But I, I think the Jazz have impro- impressed enough people to think that they have a shot, at least, to do something special. Uh, I think before the season started, they were sort of seen as a dark horse, uh, in a lot of camps, but and then they got off to the slower start. But uh, I think they've they've turned that back around, Jake. I, I think folks now are are really taking the Jazz uh, serious. I I think so too. And the way Mike Conley played in his last five games before yeah. missing a couple was really really encouraging. Because I think the the point still stands that for the Jazz to reach their potential, he's got to have it going. Yeah. We heard Mannix, and I, I heard it on the promo Austin put together, we heard Mannix saying it last week. Mike Conley, he has faith in it. Now we came from that side that just, you know, he's, it's going to be fine. But in order for the Jazz to do what he's talking about, Conley's got to be going. And I think there were some encouraging signs there in that last little stretch. I think that's job one going down the stretch. Other than winning games... Mike Conley, if, if I'm Quinn Snyder, that's this, my number one goal I want to see accomplished after winning. He's got to be going. And I'm willing to do whatever I need to to accomplish that. Now, I guess, is that contradictory? Because will doing that cost you wins? Well, it depends on who's more important to the team, right? Well... And I mean, how one affects the other. I mean, we've had that argument this, a lot with I Joe did, Ingles. Well, I, I did the show with Hans yesterday, and Hans was asking questions. I don't want to put words in Hans's mouth, but he essentially was, I think, implying that the, that that he liked the starting lineup better with Joe Ingles in it. 
And I've heard others. And make I that think argument. he would continue to start, but I think that Mike Conley's a better point guard than Joe Ingles. But I want to keep Joe Ingles in that starting lineup, and I'm not sure you are in agreement with that move, and have uh, Royce O'Neal coming off the bench. But Mike Conley at his peak would be a real boost to this team. See, I th- I think. What you get at, Gordon, because I, I agree with you more than I do Hans. No disrespect. And I, I hope I'm representing uh, Hans' position on I, that. He I've just heard, had a question about and, it. And I've heard others make that argument, and I think you absolutely you can make that argument 100%. I fall on the side of Mike is a better point guard than Joe, and thus is more important to get going than Joe. No, Again, no offense to Joe, but I also think that uh, Royce O'Neal can guard the other team's best player, which is really important to me and I think would be a better fit in that starting lineup, just my argument. So I, did, I actually disagree with both of you. <laughs> good. <laughs> I mean, that makes me feel better. But uh, goal number two is to play good perimeter defense. Right. I mean, that, that is. Which is they, where Royce comes in. So, But can they do that with Mike Conley as a starter? They have to. Uh, with major minutes. Mike has to be. A, he's got to be a starter. He's too important. Yeah, I, I've heard the arguments of bringing him off the bench. I don't think that's fair to him, and I don't think that's the direction they go. I think it's the other two where the debate is. And if they feel Joe is more equipped in the starting lineup and that's the direction they go, then they're going to have to figure out a way for both of those players to touch the ball along with Donovan Mitchell. And I think that is a challenge. But if that's how it's going to be, it's how it's going to be. And as a part of that, Mike has to be healthy. Yep, I agree. All right, we're here at Homey Home, 11067 South Gresham Drive here in South Jordan. Come see the house. Uh, come check out the neighborhood. Grab some jazz gear. We still have some Utah versus USC men's basketball tickets to give away. And joining us now, our good friend Johnny from Homey. And Johnny, let's let's talk about what the great owners of this home had to do to kind of get started and what the process is they're in. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty simple. You just go to homey.com and you just start signing up. And you know, once you fill out your information, um, you don't have to pay anything up front, and we automatically send out a professional photographer. We introduce you to one of our realtors. They give you a call. They walk you through the process. Um, they give you their contact information so that you know that's your dedicated agent that you can work with throughout the transaction. And then once photos come back, we help you price your home. We stick it on the MLS. We publish it to Homey and, and market it on social media. And traffic starts coming in. That's how it works. So you have a main point man that works with the customer, the client, and then you have a whole team backing that person up. Absolutely. Yeah. We have, we have a pricing specialist, for example, that all they do every day throughout the entire year is help people price homes. So they work in conjunction with your dedicated agent that's assigned to you from Homey. So we have a few people like that throughout th- along the way, but you do have kind of one point person. Uh, just kind of a, on, on that note, when we got here today, they were doing the photos for this house. And it wasn't, uh, you know... Um, uh, Uncle Larry with his Polaroid snapping photos. You know, <laughs> <Uncle> Larry. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was it was a professional setup and all professionally done. And uh, I mean, I'm not a camera person, but what he was using looked pretty fancy to me. I mean, you guys are, are pulling out all the stuff. Yeah, this is what we talked about a little bit earlier, where building a company that, that does this, you know, full-time versus majority of agents or 1099 contractors, you know, we have professional photographers that show up for every home consistently, and the photos definitely stand out when you look at other homes on the MLS. Like, you can typically tell which home's a homey home versus a traditional agent-listed home because of that. What kind of homes are you looking looking at being involved with? All different, the whole spectrum. 
You know, it, it is the whole spectrum. This report that we ran, we found that we're selling homes eight days faster um, on average. Um, you know, the majority of our clients' homes, really our, our average listing price is actually around 400000 where the median home price is closer to three hundred and thirty. So we actually have a higher priced home a clientele coming to us. I think they're pretty tech savvy. They understand how much money they can save. They can do the math on calculating that 6% commission. But yeah, we, we offer it to everyone. We, we've sold, you know, a few million dollar homes. They just, they just happen to save a lot more money. So essentially your motto should be prove you're smart. Go to homie. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> might be a little, it might no, be a little Jake, Maybe you need I mean, to prove you're maybe, smart. Maybe a little too on the nose. <laughs> maybe just Is that our next billboard idea? Is that what you're throwing out? I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> no, your team with the billboard. Hey, you dummies out there. Prove that. you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. Well, Johnny, you're the best. Thanks for taking such great care of our listeners, and uh, we'll send a few your way. Thanks so much. Homie.com, check it out, or simply you can come by and see us and get all your questions answered. 11067 South Gresham Drive here in South Jordan. We'll have more straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Tony them. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at a homey home. Come see us, 11067 South Gresham Drive in South Jordan, and check them out at homey.com. Let's give away some uh, Stars tickets here, Gordon, shall we? Do a 12th caller, 855-340-ZONE. You're going to go see the game tonight at Bruin Arena when the Stars play host to the Iowa Wolves, the affiliate of the uh, Timberwolves. Got to turn your microphone on there, uh, Gordon. How long have you been doing this? Uh, yeah, but this, I'm, this I'm not your the first one. day. I'm not the one who turned it down. <laughs> what did you do that for? I didn't touch it. <laughs> it's Johnny's fault. Twelfth caller eight five five three four zero zone. From right under the bus. And how about yeah. how about this? I've got three pair of Jazz Spurs tickets to give away that I'm just looking at right now, not to a caller, but to somebody who comes by here to this beautiful. Homey Home, 11067 South Gresham Drive. And uh, they're courtesy of our good friends at Ford. Make sure to check out the Ford Fan Zone. All you can eat tickets now. Uh, you can call in 355-DUNK or check it out at utahjazz.com. You know, Jake, I've always said that uh, that when you make a mistake, uh, the, the key, a key, a real key in, in life is to find someone to blame. Okay. All right. So You, you know where I learned that? Where? The golf course throw somebody else under the bus Have no you ever... not, not even necessarily somebody else but something else you know like something's wrong with my driver or something's wrong with the war wound that's flaring up you know oh. or, so, 
I thought you were talking about like what I've actually done is I hit into the people in front of us, and when they turn around in anger, <laughs> you, point. you point to the guy standing next to you. Yeah, that's that's what I've done. Well, you got to find something because heavens knows you don't want to blame yourself, no, right? No, why would you? Uh, well, maybe you should. Well, that was your fault. Your microphone was down. It wasn't my microphone. Okay, I'll accept that. But yet you throw Johnny right under the bus, whereas if you were a good teammate, you go, oh, pardon me. Because Johnny turned my mic down for good reason. Right, Johnny? That's right. He was looking out for me because he didn't want anyone to hear what I was saying. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. All right, nice talking. We were talking. Is it okay to use the term... <laughs> no, I wasn't swearing like a sailor. And do sailors swear? I'm guessing so. I mean, is that just the, you know, people say, what? Who, who do people, when you're swearing, it's either a sailor or what? A truck driver. Okay. Do they really swear? I don't know. I mean, Donald Duck was a sailor. He seemed to keep it clean. Popeye, yeah, also. I didn't even realize that Donald Duck was a sailor. He's wearing a sailor suit. What do you think he was wearing all these years? <laughs> I know. I just never paid attention to that. <laughs> never never figured that one out? No. It was Mickey Mouse, uh, a steamboat, Kim? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. His first cartoon was Steamboat Willie, yeah. All right. But I, I knew a guy who was in the Navy seemed to have pretty clean language to me. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just because, you know, people who work in certain professions and suddenly everybody thinks they got potty mouth. You but, know I, I mean? mean, you're a sports writer and talking to you off the air is pretty colorful. That's not true. I mean, it's it's pretty brutal. People Knock don't know that about you. <laughs> that's because it's not true. <laughs> people are unaware at, uh, at Gordon's language off the air. Hey, can I ask you this, Gordon? Yeah. If you were an NBA franchise and you're looking for a, a head coach, would you look in the college ranks? No. Uh, John Beeline um, gets fired, finally, by the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is something that was reported before All-Star Weekend that he was probably not going to be back. Lo and behold, he's not. He's replaced by uh, an NBA legacy in uh, Bickerstaff, mm-hmm. JB, the son, right? Bernie's son. And uh, and we'll see how it goes. But Cleveland, kind of a developing team. You thought they go to the college ranks, get a more college-like coach. And it was a huge disaster. I mean, if you're reading, you know, some of the comments that are coming out uh, from Cleveland, you know, it it wasn't going well. You know, this stems back to a conversation that I heard about between Chuck Daly and Dean Smith. And Chuck, I guess, was talking, he was quoted as uh, saying that being an NBA coach from a coaching standpoint, not recruiting and all that peripheral stuff, but from an actual coaching standpoint was much more challenging than being a college coach. And so Dean heard about what... uh, what Chuck had said, and so he said, he went up to him and said, yeah, you're pretty rough on us there, you know? But I, I agree. I think rare is the bird that you can take out of the college ranks and have him have an immediate impact in, at, in the, at the NBA level. I, who, who comes to mind? Well, Brad Stevens. I mean, yeah. That's who the, else? But that's the thing. Like, um, I mean, great coaches. Calipari, big failure. Rick Patino, big failure. Uh, even going back to Tarkanian, that didn't go well. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe mixed reviews on Billy Donovan. I don't think he's a terrific 
NBA head coach, but I suppose I mean he's he's been to the playoffs and he's had some success. So maybe you well, could, you I, can make him an argument. Okay, so I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I think it's it's I, I want somebody who has some pro experience. That's what I'm looking for. I don't disagree, and but not yet. necessarily even as a head coach. Somebody really really knows this stuff because Jake to me. When you're looking at a coach, look for intelligence and look for someone who can who can manage personnel. Those two things. If I'm looking for a college coach, I'm looking for someone who can motivate and someone who can teach. And then those things, there's some crossover there. I get that. But I, I would follow the pattern of what Dennis Lindsay did with Quinn Snyder. I would try and find somebody because knowledge is power. And if you know more than the other guy, and even if you don't know more than the other guy, but you know how to to, to make the right decision, your judgment is at a certain level, uh, and then you can you can organize your personnel to accomplish what you want them to accomplish. If you can get them to want to accomplish what you want them to accomplish. Now you're talking. Yeah. That kind of made sense. Um, <laughs> here's a couple of things coming out of this whole thing and hearing some comments. It, Colin Sexton made some, made some comments that I, I found interesting because I'm not sure it's the, the message that you want to send out there and uh, why I kind of want to talk about why he was a failure because maybe it's not all his failure. And I get the comments about the thug and the mm-hmm. slug and yeah. that was inexcusable and probably was the beginning of the end. So that aside, but listen to Colin Sexton's uh, comments. He said, quote, you know how he is. He is very detail-oriented, and it's detail, detail, detail. He loves details, and he always wants us to make sure that when we are out there, we are all giving it our all. College coaches, you know how they are. They want you to give 1,000% every second of the day. He's been in college 20 years. More than that, we've had to tell him, like, Coach, we've got 82 games. We can't kill ourselves, unquote. So, so this coach was demanding you to work hard, huh, Colin? You had a problem with that, right? Doesn't that scream um, kind of – Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles to you? And, and you know what? Quinn Snyder, does, uh, he, he demands a lot of that stuff out of his players. Yeah. So I, I, was, I bristled a little bit when I saw those comments because it's like even if you feel that way – you're really going to throw that out there like, oh, he, he wanted us to play hard? Well, I wasn't in the locker room. I wasn't in the huddle. But I I don't have a problem with what his methodology there. Because what are you supposed to do? Say, oh, fellas, take it easy tonight because, well, you're only human. Right. And I get it that it's a reality that you have to negotiate 82 games and maybe a, a more – NBA season coach understands how to do that a little bit but better. But you're not going to accept as a coach, you cannot accept a lackluster effort, right. you know, because then if you're lollygagging, what does it make you, Jake? A lollygagger. Yes, it does. So you're firing a coach because he he um, he required too much effort out of his players. I'll tell you what, the the replacement coach, that culture is going to stink. That is not going to be a very good, healthy culture. And Andre Drummond, you know what he said? He came in, he said, this was worse than Detroit. But he didn't really expand on, okay, why? Because he wanted you to play every game hard? What, what was worse about it? Did he have two-hour practices or three-hour practices or whatever Trey Lyles to, accused to, Quinn Snyder to of? To me, Jake. Like that, that just sends the wrong message. No, I agree. And it's not so much that he's requiring 
effort. It's how he handles requiring the effort. You know, because if he's a maniac and he's benching all his players and just doing dumb things, then, then yeah, okay, then your methodology is wrong. But the whole idea of wanting to get as much effort out of your players as is possible, uh, that's indisputable. You can't attack that. And then I kind of laughed at if Andre Drummond is comparing – you know, saying, oh, man, this is worse than Detroit. What does that say about Detroit? You know, like like, like you're kind of insulting Detroit at the same time. Yeah. So what nice. do you never want to hear if you're in a specific profession? <laughs> you, you know, like this is this is a worse PR team than the Houston Astros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you That's never want to Yeah, the Astros have burnt down, the, have burnt down the, the building there. Yeah, right. So so what do you want to hear, you know? Um I don't want to insult too many people, but let us know on Twitter at Jake Scott Zone. At what Gordon don't Watson. you want to hear? Or what yeah, do? if you were like, who's who's uh, been? Uh, you know, we're worse at managing nuclear power than Chernobyl. <laughs> we're worse at sending out emergency texts than Hawaii. I'm not. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm not sure that uh, yeah, Chernobyl could really be overly insulted. Uh, the state of Hawaii is better at managing the emergency <laughs> alert system than us. <laughs> that that may be one of the worst mistakes. When they ever sent made. out the text that said nuclear attack is imminent. <laughs> Take a good look; you won't see it for long. People were saying goodbye to their children. <laughs> so bad. That is so. At least bad. you're dying Oops. in Hawaii, huh? <laughs> Well, that's what uh, Charles Lindbergh said. If you're going to go, go. And, oh, no. wasn't he at the leper colony? And, no. What island is that? He was on Maui, the way I remember it. <laughs> because, Did he course, have leprosy? He was a contemporary of mine. <laughs> but he said he would... Someone, he was he was passing he was slowly passing away and he was in Maui and someone said, man, you need to get back to New York to get treatment. And he said... I'd rather, I'm paraphrasing him, he said, I'd rather spend three months in Maui than live two years in New York. Did he whisper it like that? Yeah, you did whisper that. Well, he was... I'd he was, rather he was, live three months in Hawaii than two years in New York. What do you want me to shout it out? Doesn't that was, sound like, what did, didn't Lavelle say something about Provo and Laramie or something along those uh, lines? Oh, no, he said he'd rather lose and live in Provo than win and live in Laramie. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> which, which, which really endeared him to the folk up there. I'm sure they love that. All right. Uh, Not Sports Board coming up right around the corner. Want to remind you about our friends at Stewart Health with 12 locations conveniently located along the Wasatch Front. Stewart Orthopedic and Sports Medicine provides care close to home. Make an appointment at mystewartortho.com today and join uh, Scotty and Hans coming up on Thursday from noon to 3, 3584 West, 90th South in West Jordan. We're live at a homey home today. Come visit us. Grab some jazz gear, 11067 South Gresham Drive. And for the time being, we have uh, three pair of jazz Spurs tickets. So I would suggest you get here. We're out in daybreak. Come see us. More of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Big time historical moment for the Utah Jazz, their fans, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and their legacies as they both take part in their first All-Star Games. There was some Stockton and Malone dynamic duo comparisons brought up. Stockton and Malone were part of 13 All-Star Games for Malone, 10 for Stockton. Ten times they played in the All-Star Game together. Nine straight. This is number one for Rudy and Donovan. I could see them, honest to goodness, going nine in a row like Stockton and Malone did. Really cool that this team in this market has a chance to see a Stockton and Malone type All-Star tandem being in the All-Star Game with each other for many, many years to come. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, get rhythm. When you get the blues, come on, get rhythm. When you get the blues, get a rock and roll feeling in your bones. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from a homey home. Come see us, 11067 South Gresham Drive out here in Daybreak. We only have one pair of jazz tickets to give away, uh, still left, courtesy of our friends at the Ford Fan Zone. So come by and claim those. We have jazz gear, and, uh, of course, this home is beautiful. It sure is. Yeah, if you're in the market for a new home, do yourself a favor and come see us. Or uh, simply come by and ask good folks here at Homie Questions about uh, what they can do for you. Let's get to the non-sports report, which, of course, is brought to you each and every day by our friends at the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out uh, in the big green dealerships, of course. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to, uh, we're going to the U.K., all right. But before we go there, did you see the uh, video of the 77-year-old man that was had just been taking money out of his ATM and this mugger came up and tried to uh, uh, mug him? I saw a tweet about it, but I didn't watch the video. Well, the 77-year-old, it was like Pan Man. He was having none of it. And so he he put he, you know, he put the classic put him up, put him up like this. Put his dukes up. Yes. And he started beating this this mugger up, and so the mugger finally just gave up and walked away. <laughs> wow, that guy's impressive. What would you do in a similar circumstance? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What would you do? Well, obviously, I would run. <laughs> With $20 bills falling yeah, out of yeah. your pockets? I, I would run. I, okay. yeah. You wouldn't try to buy your way out of it and say, uh, here, here, just take I, it? I don't know. I, now, Austin, <laughs> on the other hand, I'd be curious to hear what he would do. Austin? Uh, I would exact my uh, rage uh, about the Astros through uh, my fist <laughs> towards this gentleman. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I just thought it was impressive. A 77-year-old man must have none of it. All right. So. Are you a bowling fan? I like to bowl, yes. Are you any good? Not really. Like, what would you roll? I don't know. If you were to go out and play tonight. If I, got would... a, if I got over 100, I'd be pretty excited. So you're no good. <laughs> right. Okay. I just told you that. <laughs> okay. Austin, uh, do you like to bowl? I, I enjoy bowling, but is, the, is anyone uh, well-balanced that goes bowling and really is, like, into it and has their own shoes and ball and, uh, and oil rag and they brag about bowling 293? <laughs> you're out there to eat nachos, drink soda pop, drink some beer, and joke around with your friends. It's not, you're not going into the Olympics. 
Austin the Hammer Horton. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm on his bowling I used to ball. go once a week where we would dress up in stuff that we found at the DI. Okay? <laughs> it's bowling. It, it, I, it's I, a joke. Are you taking a wait. shot at Adrian directly? Yes. Yeah, wait a second. Wait a bowling Are you going right See, at Adrian? Bowling in three yeah, I bowl a 293. Okay. Oh, come get, on. Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun to go out with your friends and go bowling or with your family? No, and go Austin's bowling? saying that's acceptable, yes. but the, the, the obsessed bowler. Oh, well, what's the matter with taking it seriously? It's just like anything else. If you want to be if, you okay, do it, if you, you take well bowling seriously, you got to take pin the tail on the donkey at parties seriously, too. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, minute. do you take the best Wait miniature golfer you've ever met seriously? <laughs> this is bowling. Right. But here's a, here's a group that doesn't really take it all that seriously. All right, Jake. Apparently, there is a bowling alley over in the U.K. It's called uh, the Hollywood Bowl. And uh, they are having a naked bowler night. What a surprise Jeez. you picked this story. Well, yeah, that's unusual. You know, but there is one particular... Uh, item of clothing that everyone must wear. You know what it is? Shoes. Yeah. Because you're bowling. Yes. Bowling shoes. Boy, that's one time you don't want to see Harry pick up the 710 split. (laughs) (laughs) Bowlers are known for being physically fit, guys. Yeah. that'll That'll be a night to be there. I don't know how to prove. Well, it's, it's a private event. No, they're not going to. Oh, is a private in. event? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. See what you did there. They're just not going to let people in. You know, it's it's the the the, the owner of the alley said uh, it's uh, sold out, <laughs> so no one else will. Don't be stand too close to that uh, hand dryer. Huh. You have a one track mind. You know that? How do I have a one track mind? This is an unusual event. And yeah, when yeah. I saw it, all right, what sport would you most prefer to, uh, not, to, to, no, to play I'm not, naked? I'm not talking about uh, this. Uh, no, <laughs> no I'm not. wrestling. I know that's the no, one you would pick. Not doing it. This has nothing to do with me. Well, you don't have to make it weird. You made it weird. I wasn't making it weird at all. No, how it was about, in that short, how about naked out of the ordinary. I'm not participating. <laughs> None of that either. The only time I've been been axe-throwing was at your birthday party. My wife's birthday. Yeah, Yeah, that's a birthday party. And tell everybody how I did. Well, at first you struggled mightily. I did, but... You came together at the end. Hey, I was the the closer, right? You got the technique down. It's fun. Yeah, it was, but not naked. What are you so it's afraid of? Ch- a naked man. <laughs> we had changed the subject. We were out of we were out of the woods. Austin so was the speak. one that brought it up. All right, we no. are live at a homey home one one oh six seven South Gresham Drive. I believe the last pair of jazz tickets are uh, indeed gone. So uh, gone. there you go. But we do have plenty of jazz gear for you, and you need to find out what homey can do for you. Our good friend Johnny joins us once again. And uh, Johnny, we've talked about this a little bit, but I, I think it's truly unique. Uh, you guys are saving folks money not only with the realty part but all along the way with homie loans and homie title and uh, now homie insurance. I mean, yeah. you guys are just taking care of everybody. It's awesome. You know, it, it's such a natural fit to add all these systems together. I, I don't know why it hasn't really been done before, but uh, thinking of saving money, like refinancing right now, I think rates are incredibly low. I, I think I saw, you know, uh, rates the other day around 3.3%. So it's just, you know, it's, it's one of the lowest times I've ever seen. So a lot of people refinancing through us. Right. And, and saving thousands there. 
And essentially, you can do all this savings because you're doing a volume because you help a lot of people along the way. Yeah, if you think of the traditional loan officer, traditional realtor, they have to, you know, they only do a few deals a year. But because, you know, we're, we're a company, none of our people have to cold call. None of them have to try to convince their friends and family to, to pay high fees. So we're able to, you know, lower costs, pay everybody a salary and, and kind of create a, a typical support company, you know, and have it set up that way. So it's been really beneficial. And then, you know, it is a, a new century. It's a new decade, whatever you want to go with. But, I mean, the technology is out there and it's useful. And you found a way to harness that along with the customer service that really helps everybody involved. Yeah, yeah. The, the tech is super cool. A lot of Some of our clients have loved being able to compare the offers that come in for their homes just on a dashboard, see what their end take home is. You know, if people want to, you know, pay closing costs or, or pass those on or whatever, the all the fees at the end just can become confusing. So the tech can help there. But, but my favorite part are all of our agents that do so much work to take care of our clients and really hold their hand through the whole the whole way. And we've met a bunch of them, and you're right, man. They're very personable, informed, because uh, Jake and I have asked questions, not sure. just to you, but to everybody, and we get good answers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this open house. I mean, these guys, they've been agents for a long time. You know, they've been in the industry for, for a while, and they they see that things are changing. They see that things are evolving and that... This just is, is the best way f- for consumers, the most consistent approach to save the most money, to get the most for your home, to sell it the quickest. How does your competition react to your uh, great success, John? You know, they're, uh, it, it's, it's uh, a little aggressive, you know, but <laughs> I, I would say our, our marketing is aggressive as well. So I, I think we deserve it, you know, <laughs> to a degree. So you're saying bring it on. Yeah, huh? it's, 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 we got into this knowing that we would have backlash. And it for sure has happened and continues to happen. Um, but our consumers love it. Our clients love it. And that's what that's what's most. Important. And the funny thing about it is it's spreading the word even more. It actually helps us. Yeah. I mean, anytime any competitor comments on our Facebook ads, uh, all of their friends and family now see it. So it's actually benefited us quite a bit. Wow. All right. Check them out, homie.com. That's homie.com. Find out what they can do for you, buy and sell. And, of course, you heard about the loans and the title and the insurance. They can help you with all of it. Johnny, thank you so much. Hey, thank you, guys. All right, we'll have more of the big show coming up next. Big story coming out of BYU, honor code related. And then, of course, as usual, there's a sports aspect to it, too. We'll get to it coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Mark Durant, color analyst on BYU Basketball Broadcast. Talk about Gonzaga as a number two rank coming into the Marriott Center and what we should expect come Saturday. It's a sellout. you got 20,000 people there. And if you're talking about college basketball and what's right and good about college basketball, I mean, a full Marriott Center, BYU against Gonzaga, you know, they do the sheet drop and you got the lights and the bands playing. I mean, it's as cool of a college basketball setting as you'll ever have. It's going to be tough even at home for BYU to have a chance. I do think they have a chance. You know, they'll have Yoli. They're playing good basketball. Who knows what can happen? So that's just as good as it can get for me. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.